Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murren, and I'm the host of the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with Randy Jarvis, the promoter of Cage Thunder. One thing I talked heavily about with Randy was Cage Thunder 22, the promotion's next event on Saturday, August 12th in Akron, Ohio, and I teased that I would be joined by one of the fighters competing in the co-main event for the vacant flyweight championship. I'm looking forward to talking to this 7-5 amateur mixed martial artist about that fight and a whole lot more. Of course, I'm talking about Luke K9 Shokan. Thanks for coming on the show and coming in studio, Luke, and welcome to Forge in Ohio. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to get this interview rolling. And uh, yeah, like I said, thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, again, coming to the studio and making this work out for me. Let's start with your story before we get into your upcoming title fight on August 12th. How'd you get your start in combat sports? Wrestling. Um, I wrestled my whole life. Well, not my whole life, since like third grade. And then just, yeah, it slowly, slowly creeped forward. Um, I fell out of training for a year or two, and then one day I just looked in the mirror and I have to have that grind. I have to have goals that I'm looking towards. I have to have something I'm looking forward to or working towards, you know. And if not, I kind of, you know, dip down into these little lulls and depressions and stuff like that. So, yeah, without the fight life, you know, things start to get a little wacky. For sure. When did you actually start kind of competing in wrestling? How young were you? And did you enjoy it at a young age, I'm assuming? Yes. uh, Like I said, third third grade. So I think I was like maybe 10 or 11, probably. Yeah. From a young age, uh, I was always kind of behind the pace a little bit because all my friends, they started a little bit younger, kindergarten, preschool, you know, since they since they could walk, they were wrestling. So I always kind of looked towards them. My buddy, Paul Petrus, John Bonacci, various names that I grew up with and they kind of taught me how to have a little bit work ethic and then I just kept it going kept it going and slowly you see me surpassing those guys and them you know they kind of after high school they they fell off they they did their they got their goals done they did what they wanted to do and they were content with it me I'm not content with it I want more I want more goals I want more accomplishments accolades and that's where my motivation comes from is I didn't really get done what I wanted to get done back in high school wrestling, and I still have that fire fire burning. So that's where I would say why I got into MMA and stuff like that. Was it hard moving forward without those guys that you started with, or was it more of a motivating factor saying, hey, I'm going to end up being better than you? No, because actually I ended up uh, changing schools. That was North Royalton in middle school. That's where my wrestling started. And then I ended up actually going to North Olmstead, moving in with my father and going to North Olmstead. So it was a whole new team. I was a new kid on the block in school, on the wrestling team. I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, one of the first weightlifting practices for, for the wrestling freshman year, eighth grade summer coming in, new kid. I looked at the head coach and I said, I'm going to be your starting 106 pounder. And they had a really, really, really tough 106 pounder, David Bruner, actually. And uh, he was tough. But guess what? We had a wrestle off and I held my word. I held my, my end of the bargain and I beat him. And we went back and forth. He'd beat me here and there. But Majority, I would beat him. This other kid then bumped down and beat me. So I was kind of battling my freshman, sophomore year, cutting a lot of weight, not doing it right. And then junior, senior year, I kind of got to enjoy myself. I kind of didn't cut as much weight. The team lightened up a little bit. It was still my senior class. My senior class was really tough, but uh, it was me. I got to pick and choose where I wanted to go. So it was cool. 
much smoother those last two years. Yeah, I'm sure. How difficult was it to cut weight that early in high school and try and really compete at the best of your ability? Yeah, I'm glad we're actually getting on that topic because uh, back then it used to be a little bit harder for me. I was like 135, 140, getting up into the summers, maybe even bigger. Had to cut 15, 20 pounds, get down to 25. Uh, that's what I, 26, 126 was a weight class in high school, but basically the same weight I'm fighting now, 125 flyweight. It was harder back then. Now, I literally walk around at 1.30. I'm always moving, manual labor, working, whatever, being a dad, life. It just always keeps me moving. That's how I like to live my life. So I'm always hovering around. I like to think I'm one of the truest flyweights out there. Demetrius Johnson will, po will poke at that all the time. A lot of these fighters, they kind of are sandbagging, kind of like what I was doing in high school. You're getting up, you're getting bigger, then you're cutting that 20 pounds down, and then you're making that flyweight, and then that next night, you're gaining 10, 15 pounds right back. You're fighting at 40. It's a, there's pros and cons to it. You have that weight to cut off you. It makes the cut a little bit easier because, like, those 5, 10 pounds now, I don't really have it to cut off sure. me. So it makes it a little bit more challenging. But at the same time, I don't have as much weight to cut off, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. When you don't have to cut that much weight, does it make you know, going into fight week easier, I'm sure. And then what are the advantages of sticking around that natural weight heading into fights? Yes, 100% easier um, to answer that question. Uh, it makes it a lot easier. You don't have to worry about getting in the sauna. I still do just to get my body hot and get it sweating and stuff like that, get my mind used to that heat. Because when you get to fight and your body's going to get to that same, same level, I have this whoop watch. It kind of tracks all that, all your vitals and stuff like that. It's been a huge key to my training lately that I did not have in the beginning when I first started. It's just being down there. You don't have to sweat in the sauna. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about losing that weight, the water. I still will water load a little bit to cut it down. But yes, it takes the stress off your shoulders. It takes you you're not having to run or do that extra grit work to make that weight. So yes, that obviously helps your body feel better on fight night. Relax a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to the food that you can eat, I know you hover around 130 all the time because yeah. you're out doing these different things. Can you just eat whatever you want on a consistent basis? How does that work? So funny you say that because like I keep telling myself like, dude, go get a cheeseburger, dude, go like you can eat that fattening stuff and like be fine because you're so skinny and you know you're going to burn it off. But me, like I said, my lifestyle keeps me so busy. My girl, since we've gotten a house now, our dinners are better and stuff like that. But some of these guys out here, they have nutrition plans. They got people dotting their I's, cross, crossing the T's, and doing all that stuff for them. I've never had anything like that. I still don't have anything like that. I always try to get my water in, try to eat as clean as I can. The same things I try to eat, but no, to, I should. I need to eat more greasy food, more fattening foods, because, yes, I can get away with it. I just, I guess it's my lifestyle. I don't. I kind of eat... Like in small, I snack throughout the day, then I eat my dinner, but I make sure I get a breakfast. Caffeine's been a huge, I've just got hit to caffeine, using it here and there. That helps, it's a stimulant. So the caffeine's helped me a lot too, helping my, my digestive system, all that stuff. And I'm sure the background in wrestling too, that discipline that's involved in that sport has to help with where you are now. Yes. Uh, discipline is everything when it comes to life. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're doing MMA, if you're doing your, your average job, discipline's everything, consistency's everything. You hear all these motivation words all the time. You see them up in classrooms since you were a kid and it's like they always hit, but that was just them trying to plant that seed so early and you never realize it until you get to these older ages.
When it comes to that transition from wrestling to mixed martial arts, did you grow up as a fan of the sport as well? And if so, were there any guys that you looked up to when you were growing up? It's a very good question. Slowly, Spike Days. I don't know if you remember Spike Days. So yeah, GSP, George St. Pierre, my uncle was into it, but I wasn't huge into it. Same with wrestling. I had wrestling buddies that knew every wrestler in college. They studied the sport. They, you know, and I knew a little. I knew here. I'd follow it a little bit, but. I love sports, but I'm not, I don't love sports. So I pay attention. I keep the games. I used to be more into football, baseball. I enjoy them now for what they are, but I don't obsess. I don't ever bet. I haven't bet a single dollar on any sports game or anything like that. Like I keep them for what they are. They're supposed to be an enjoyment because a lot of people that walk that, that line and you're at the Indians game and the dude next to you swearing after we just hit a home run, but he needed to keep that, that runs down. You're like, why are you yelling, dude? It's like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like it kind of ruins the sport a little bit. So, yeah, no, I, I'm not super into it. Um, I wasn't always super into it. It's more just I always love doing these things. I've always, I have to be in the wrestling room. I have to be in the gym because my mind works like, if not, I'm always thinking about 10 different things at once. So the ADHD, the ADD, when you're in the gym, it slows everything down. You have to focus on kind of like I just got a motorcycle, kind of like riding a motorcycle. You can't focus on all those other things when you're on that bike because you have to focus on riding that bike. So the gym is the same thing. You have to focus so solely on what you're doing there. It actually almost like rests my mind because I'm only focused on one thing at a time, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that approach to you and your game as well there. Do you, like, what about nowadays? Do you pay attention to the UFC? Are you much, a UFC much fan? And everything much, like that? much more. Now, yeah. since I've started it for the past seven years, especially when I'm fighting, when I took the two years off a little bit, I kind of, you know, go away from it, came back to it when I'm fighting. But, yeah, I use it. You study. You can always learn something. I don't care what fight. I don't care who you're talking to in life. You can learn something from everyone I believe in. And same thing on the TV screen. I don't care if it's a female fight, heavyweight fight. There's something in that fight that can you can pick and hone in on that can help your game and when you're watching fights now is it like you can't really watch as a fan because you're just picking up these little things that you may want to try in the in the gym on the next day or yeah. the following week. as an artist mixed yeah. martial artist i'm slowly starting to become a coach now i'm actually doing a few classes up at the uh, ufc gym in middleburg heights so now yeah i look at everything kind of from a coaching standpoint my first year wrestling coach last year that helps you that's still combat it's still wrestling so yeah i have that coach's eye now I would like to see more developing compared to just fighter's eye you know what I'm saying for people that may be unaware of you and your game and what you bring to the cage how would you describe your fighting style to people who may want to come out and watch you fight best way to put it is a freestyle fighter that's what they always ask you that on a piece of paper before you fight and you just write freestyle one you don't really want to be giving people too much of an idea and two it's really what it is I can wrestle I believe I have good jiu-jitsu I believe I have good striking. You have to be well-rounded in this sport or else you're just wasting your time. When you look at your game right now, is there something that you're trying to specialize in and work most in? Or are you at a point where, like you said, you're just focused on becoming that well-rounded fighter? Well-rounded fighter. There's no, I mean, there's always something when you go in the gym, you want to try to focus on a little goal, set a little goal. But no, I don't really focus in on one aspect. I used to because I used to always wrestle and I used to grapple a lot. But like, then I started striking and I fell in love with striking. So I kind of almost forgot who I was. I stopped grappling. I thought I could do all these jujitsu moves, but you got to remember who you are. You're that wrestler. You're, you gotta, you gotta stick to your roots. Yeah. And I love asking this question to people that have a wrestling background and 
ask them about what their first couple days in a mixed martial arts gym was like and having to deal with jiu-jitsu and having to deal with striking especially because sure you might be used to rolling around on the mats but taking strikes to the face maybe not so much everything in life is experience so yeah those first couple days first practices obviously they were tough you're a new kid on the block it's your first rodeo but with time everything gets easier the striking all aspects of the game get easier the more you do it just like golf just like anything in life you're going to get better at it so yeah you just got to put in that time that's what i tell all these students who are really tense or this or that it's like that flow will come you'll develop the technique you can't expect to get good at mixed martial arts overnight just like a lot of things in life it's going to take time 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 yeah definitely i also have to ask about the nickname k9 and it's unique spelling as well it's perfect for your name but how was this nickname created my teeth here in studio if they were on the video you could see my four canines my whole life i've always gotten oh, are you a vampire oh you got dog teeth it's the teeth. My canines, since I never got braces or anything like that as a kid, my forced canines, they stick out yeah. further than all the other ones. That's part of it. I have three dogs at home. I love dogs. I should have went into a, a veterinarian field or something to do with dogs, training dogs or something, but I never did. Very big animal person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be dogs, horses, you name the animal. I was golfing the one day, side note, sorry to go off topic, but we were hitting golf balls at the range and a goose got hit. And I ran out in the middle of the, as people were still hitting and stuff, because it was stunned. It was like it just got shocked. And it was just sitting there, and I didn't want it to get, like, stoned to death, you know, by golf ball. So I ran out there, picked this goose up. It's trying to fly out of my arms. I run it to the side of the golf course, set it off. I don't know if it slowly died or not, but at least I stopped it from a miserable death, you know. So I have a very big heart, and that kind of runs into the fighting sometimes because having a big heart and punching people and beating them up, they kind of don't go to, but once that cage door locks and it's for what it's for, you're in my way, you're in the way of my dreams, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. That uh, goose story kind of reminds me of a story that this guy, Blake Perry, he joined me on the podcast and he talked about this story because his nickname is Nature Boy and yeah. he had actually had a bat fly into his gym yeah. and everybody was running away as I would if I was in that gym, but oh, he yeah. was... The guy that ran after it, picked it up, and threw it out the window. You're going out there with golf balls being hit, <laughs> saving this goose. Sounds like you'd do the same if you were in that position in the gym with a bat around. Yeah. So the dogs, the, the the animal loving, and then, uh, yeah, just have that dog in you. You know what I'm yep. saying? That canine, that dog, I'm, I don't know. It's just that's what's in me. I feel like inner, having an inner dog in you is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? You'll hear people say it, this and that. But, yeah, it's just dogs if you watch them fight too i have three pit bulls so they like to get at each other you can learn a lot from dog fighting too that's why people fight them there's there's a lot to it and watching dogs fight too like they come in they come out like there's a lot to it so i don't know i just i like dogs the teeth it was a whole it was a whole thing as my one buddy likes to say multiple reasons and you just embrace the teeth. I know people kind of poke yeah, fun at you, it, but you just embrace it. It was, you remember Twilight? You know? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of girls in high school, middle school, <laughs> grade school, oh, you look like a vampire, Edward. I, I'm i not going to argue with them. Yeah. So it wasn't a bad thing. It, it wasn't was a, a good thing. It, no, it, it, I'm sure some girls probably didn't <laughs> like it, but hey, screw it. It was not meant to be. It was not meant to be. It never stopped me from having confidence and never really i was never really that self-conscious about it i've always kind of cared what people think but at the end of the day like with age screw it dude 
Once again, this is Luke K9 Shokan with us on Forge in Ohio. You made your debut in 2017 at 20 years old. You won with a first round rear naked choke. Do you remember what it felt like to make that walk for the first time? And I'm sure the excitement that you felt after the submission win. Scary, nervous. Uh, you got to learn how to use the nerves. And I've, I've come over that finally in these last couple fights, probably this fight especially, like just having two years off, becoming a father, a homeowner, just growing up. You can't fear things in life. I used to fear motorcycles. I used to fear this. I used to fear that. You can't have fear. You can't fear anything in life. I know that's a, a macho thing to say, an egotistic thing to say, but you really can't fear anything in life. Once you eliminate that fear, you just have fun. And if that's, that's the goal. So, yes, a lot of fear, a lot of nerves. But after you got that win and your your hands raised, there's there's really not many feelings like getting your hand raised and being a winner of a fight. It's you're on top of the you're on top of the world. It's one of the best feelings in the world. Period. Yeah, I'm sure it is, and that's what a lot of fighters that I've talked to have had the same saying. Like it can be a, a scary feeling going into the cage, but once that cage door closes, it's about the fight and then the high that you get, the adrenaline rush yeah. that you get, and then yes, at the end of the day, you get your hand raised. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, yeah. And the best thing I could put it to is it's like when you first get to a party in high school or something, and you're just you're you're on top of the world, and then like you know when that party starts to taper down, and you're like, oh, we got it. like that first initial feeling when you first get to like a big party and you're just hyped up you get that same just yeah that rush that adrenaline rush that's why i do i'm an adrenaline junkie that's why i hop in a cage that's why i hop on a motorcycle i don't really like heights too much but roller coasters this this that my drug of choice is adrenaline after the debut, you went on to compete 11 more times, going 6-5, and five, and you were active from 2017 through 2021. I'm sure you experienced some highs and lows in those four years of competing. What comes to mind when you think of that four-year time period of your career? Um, yeah, I learned a lot of lessons. Uh, like I was saying before, I kind of forgot who I was, went away from my wrestling, kind of fell in love with the striking. I was losing a lot of fights by positional losing positions, losing, being on my back, trying to look for submissions up against the cage, this and that. I was getting out grappled. I was getting out wrestled, period. And I'm a wrestler. Shouldn't have been happening. That's one of the biggest things. But yeah, highs too. You win a fight, you feel back on top of the world, you lose a fight. That's just part of being a fighter. But yeah, I kind of forgot who I was for a little bit. I didn't have the best coaching and this and that. Everything was kind of going all over the place. Injuries, went on a couple injuries. I, I defended my title once with like a broken wrist. It just fights I should have pulled out of, didn't pull out of. I learned the hard way. The things that I want younger MMA fighters and stuff is to learn from that. Find your right management, find your right coaches, and try to not make those mistakes. Because honestly, right now, if you take my six title fights and I win those title fights, I wouldn't be fighting for this amateur title. I'd already be pro. You know, So it's those little Oh, you lose a title fight here, it sends you that way. You win that title fight, obviously it's going to send you that other way. It's a very slippery slope in this game. High risk, high reward. Yeah, and in that, I guess, like, a weird question here, but are you somewhat grateful for those four years and learning the lessons that you did? Because you're still young in your amateur career that you can learn from them and change and adapt your game. A hundred percent. I'm a firm believer that um, anything good that happens, anything bad that happens in life, happened for a reason another cliche saying but you can't just when you're when life's going good and everything's going oh yeah god I'm like, yeah we're everything, like spirit yeah we're going good when bad things are it's god trying to tell you something i'm become a lot more religious i've always been religious catholic raised gone to church on sundays i don't do that anymore i have my own sanctuary i pray to the lord every morning you got to have that relationship i've turned to god a lot in these past two years 
God, God's always watching over you, and anything you do is because He's wanting you some reason in it. There's some lesson in it. You can always take something out of the situation that you're in. In your 12 fights so far, does a performance or contest stick out as your favorite, I guess? Yeah, the kid, I actually talked to him today. He's actually making his pro debut against, I fought them both, uh, Mason DeLess versus Jeffrey Ofik. They're about to fight. But my favorite fight probably to this day was with Mason DeLess. It was what they like to call a barn burner. It was high intensity. He almost knocked me out in the beginning. High-level striking, high-level grappling grappling we put on a show we put on a great show and it was the co-main event and we had that place rocking probably louder than the main event that that night it was it was a great show so yeah if i had to pick one fight that's the fight that if i tell someone to go watch a fight it's like go watch the mason to last fight that's a that's a good fight but all my fights like i said they're all experiences i've learned something from all of them there I, I i value all of them i cherish all of them I just need to be competing, and that's why, like I was saying before, if I'm not competing, I'm not happy. As long as I'm competing, win, loss, or draw, I'll have a smile on my face. And I used to not be like that. I used to think like, oh, if I lose this fight, I'm going to go down in the dumps, or oh, this and that. You can't think like that. You can't think like that. I'm just blessed to be out here healthy enough to get in the cage. And let's talk about competing and staying active, because before this upcoming fight on August 12th, I wanted to ask about this layoff. You last fought on April 17th, 2021, and we kind of talked at Apex when I came in a few weeks ago about why, but let's continue that conversation here. Why the two-year-plus layoff between fights? Life and injuries. Um, I broke my thumb in that last fight after I hit him with that head kick. Uh, he fell, and I went, instead of looking for like a submission, maybe a rear naked, maybe a guillotine, whatever, I went in for some uppercuts, you know, smelled some blood went in for it he recovered grabbed my leg but with some of those uppercuts i broke my thumb and actually came off my hand a little bit finished the fight my girl came after the third round she said, i didn't even know after the fight i didn't even know your your hand was broken those last two rounds like, yeah it was stayed in atlanta went and did, went to some museums went to work the next two days finally got it looked at got it taken care of but to quickly answer your question yeah injuries and then just life i had my first child i bought my first house i wanted to make sure Everything in those, you know, categories were solid. And then, yeah, I never really stopped training, though. I was always trying to still be in the gym. I definitely went back, took a huge step back, but I coached wrestling. I was in there wrestling every day. Then I slowly got back into jiu-jitsu, finally found Apex, and I'm at home now. That's where I'm about to go after here. And you said that you're happiest when you're competing. It, would it be fair to say that right now you're potentially the happiest you've ever been? Oh, life's been great lately. I'm, uh, I'm on top of the world lately. Um, very blessed with my son. Very blessed with my home. I'm just blessed. I, I have a great life. I've created a great life. I work hard for it. Work my ass off every day. Um, but yeah, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. I, even there's a song I listen to that even when you're stressed, like you gotta be blessed. Like it's it's a moderation. It's 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 a to teeter totter. You can't just be thinking one way it's all a mindset you know you got to keep that positive mindset back to everything happens for a reason um, sometimes i'll let something little affect me some 10 second thing now just affected the rest of your day and my buddy's like dude you can't let that happen you can't let that happen like so i still struggle at times with that my temper you know hot-headed but you got to learn how to control your emotions and think clearly yeah that's a great way of looking at life how how long did it take you to develop that mindset of, you know, not taking those little things and letting it ruin the rest of your day and still living the way you are now? Still learning it to this day. The kid helped with that. Just like I said, growing up these past two, three years, uh, 
you got to put your big boy pants on. Being a dad, being a homeowner, there's always something to do around the house. You'd always be watching your kid. There's always something to do now. Always something to do. If I'm bored, I can always find something to do. Do you draw more motivation for fights now that you are a father? Yeah, and I actually want him at, in attendance at this fight because mm -hmm. I feel like it, if I look out at that cage and I see my son, it's just going to help. I've never fought in front of my mom. She lives in another state. My dad doesn't really like to come to the fights. He used to come to all my wrestling matches and stuff like that, all my baseball games, football games, you name it. He just doesn't like the, the risk. And I, I feel it. for a while I was like, ah, like, I was kind of being selfish, like, come on, man, come on. But I understand it now. And I think becoming a father has helped me understand it. Have you envisioned the moment, and I'm sure it will be an emotional one for you, but say you win on August 12th, you're holding that title and then oh, waiting for you outside I'm of the cage. I'm going to win on August 12th, and my <laughs> son is going to hold that belt. Yeah, we'll probably take a little picture, yeah. I don't know, maybe around his waist, him sitting inside of it. But, yeah, that belt's coming home. But like I was saying before, this fight isn't for the belt. I don't I, I don't want to say I don't care about that belt. It's a nice belt. I want that title, but I'm done fighting for amateur titles. It's my sixth one. I'm ready to start making some money, start using my elbows, start using my knees, all aspects of the game even more, uh, done being limited. So, yeah, I'm, I'm off to prove. I feel a little disrespected. Like I said, those two dudes that uh, are turning pro against each other, um, I beat them both. They have worse records than me, so now just it's the inactivity. I've been off for two years. They go and get a, a win, and now they can turn pro off their win. But it's funny because when I first started, it was 10 fights with a winning record is what they told me. I have that. And now it's all this criteria, and I understand it. I understand the commissions, all the athletic commissions. I'm not bashing them at all. I just find it a little weird because I used to watch kids turn pro off of losses. I used to watch back in the day six, seven fights, you turn pro. Like, it's a little little more to it now, and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to prove to myself and everyone on that day, on that night, August 12th, that I'm undeniable. <laughs> it's that simple. I'm going to be pro, and you will see me turn pro. So that's my, that's my goal to me, myself. Yeah, I love the confidence, and I want to pause the conversation on that August 12th fight here just for a moment because about being a father, I saw the gender reveal that you did on Instagram. It was boxing-themed, and you punched mitts to reveal the blue powder. How special of a moment was that for you? That was awesome. I'm still mad at my sister to this day because I told <laughs> her to cut the pouch before I hit it. So I threw a nice one, two, three, and on the hook, it hit. But a little, you just need a little blue poof. It was like a little, like, the smallest little smoke you could imagine. And then after I seen that poof, I got it. Cause I didn't know either, obviously. And I just started kind of wailing yeah, you at it. And everyone was commenting like, oh, you took your girl's arm off, dude, her shoulder's probably sore. I'm like, dude, I got excited. Once I seen that first blue baby smoke, I just kept wailing on it and it finally blew up all over her shoes and stuff. But yeah, it probably would have went a little smoother if we cut the top off and didn't peek in. She's like, oh, you're gonna see the powder. You're gonna see the powder, my sister. I'm like, no, you won't just cut it. It probably would have you know, but it was still cool. It was awesome. One of the most amazing feelings that's right there behind winning a fight, being on a motor, like that's adrenaline. You just found out the birth of your child and it's a, it's a baby boy. I mean, I wouldn't have cared if it was a girl. Obviously they open your hearts in a different way. I actually want an, a girl next if I do have another child, but you got your little, your little man. It's awesome. It's a good day. Was your girl's arm or shoulder hurting after that or was she okay? Nah, she's a tough chick. Good, she, okay. she was fine. Whose idea was that? I, maybe mine, it was yours. It wasn't I've yours? seen it a few times. Yeah. There's, I'm not going to say, oh, that was my idea. I've seen it online. 
on TikTok, this and that, and uh, that's where I got the idea. Yeah, it looks great. So not only has life changed for you with becoming a father in this layoff, but people may not even recognize you nowadays from the beginnings of, of your fight career. What was the decision behind growing out the hair and the beard too? That's part of it too. Uh, I used to work at Foot Locker. I used to be in the inner city. I used to keep fresh haircut, clean. I used to have a job that it was kind of part of it. I'd always be wearing Jordans. I would always be clean. It was, it was just part of it. Now I hop on a roof every day. I see the same people every day. I don't, I don't really care. You become, a, you become a dad and you start looking at a lot of things a lot differently. I got a lot of pairs of Jordans. I got this, I got that. I don't even care. I used to be so, I used to sell the shoes, hustle them, this and that. I don't even care about shoes anymore. I mean, once you have a son, he kind of rises to the top and a lot of things just kind of fall to the bottom. And priority-wise, becoming a dad, my my, yeah. my job now, I don't need to be clean-cut, and I like it. It's part of who I am. I'm, I'm going a little bald on top, you know, but, yeah, I'm going to grow this hair out until I can. A lot of people want me to cut it. I think my coach wants me to cut it. My girl wants me to cut it, but it's who I am. It's part of me. I've had a beard since I could grow it. It's, it's what I identify as with a beard, with long hair. And it's funny you say that because a lot of my old training partners and stuff, I got back into Apex and some of them would pop in for Sunday spars and stuff and they'd be like, I didn't even recognize it was you, dude, with the beard and the hair. So I, I definitely feel that point. Yeah, I know when I went into Apex, I was, you know, doing some research and homework on some guys before I went in and I see your picture on Tapology, And then when you introduced yourself in your Luke, I was like, is this the same Luke I was looking at earlier? Because you look nothing alike. Yeah, that's the 19-year-old self. Like yeah. you said, that's an old picture. I love that picture. I use it for a lot of my social medias. I don't change it. I'm not that guy. Yeah, that's just old me. And yeah, this is my new look, I guess. Yeah, safe to say the new and improved. Yeah. Yes, sir. Talking to Luke Canine Showcan on Forge in Ohio. Finally, let's get into that fight at Cage Thunder 22 on August 12th. You're in the co-main event against Nick Lute for the Flyweight Championship. What was your reaction when Cage Thunder reached out and offered this fight initially? Um, I was blessed. I'm grateful that he signed it, you know, grateful for the opportunity. Like I kept saying, obviously, I want to turn pro. I didn't really want to keep fighting amateur. They made it a title fight. They did what they had to do. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to get the job done, and I'm going to turn pro like I was saying before. This is I'm looking at this fight as my my fight that allows me to go pro. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Does the amateur title, I know you've competed for six before, and you're kind of talking about how it might not mean as much to you now as it used to. Does it really mean much to you now, getting they this amateur used title? To like, yeah, the, obviously the stress, the pressure, that used to get to me a little bit. You're fighting for a title. You used to put on extra pressure. Like I said, now, I don't look at it. I still want it, you know, but at the end of the day, that's just after the fight. You're just getting, a, like, that. those nine minutes to beat someone up or those nine minutes to beat someone up regardless of what's going on after. At the end of the day, it's just an MMA fight. It's just a good old fist fight, and that's how I'm looking at it. I'm not sure if you know much about him, but what do you think of your opponent, Nick Luke? Um, I don't know too much about him. I've watched one or two videos. He seems durable. He seems like he's game. He's got good grappling. Um, I don't know. It's not really about my opponents. It never really has been. It's always about you. It's about what you're going to go in there and do. As long as you get done what you need to get done, it's not about the other force. It's about it's about you getting in there and handling business, focusing on the task at hand. You're one of many fighters representing Apex Fight Systems competing at Cage Thunder 22. What's it like being a part of that group, and what's the atmosphere like at the gym with so many big fights on the horizon? That's a great group of guys. It's 
the most family, most team-oriented group of guys that I've been with on my journey. I've been in quite a few gyms. I've never went to Strong Style, but I've been in a lot of gyms, and uh, yeah, it's a great atmosphere up there. Brian runs a great, great program, great classes. It's it's a good time up there. You get in there, it's almost like your second family. You're fighting for the flyweight title. Your teammate, Branson Price, is fighting for the featherweight title in the main event. Do you think Apex walks away with two belts after Cage Thunder 22? Yes, sir. Co-main, main. We're coming home with the belts. And then at that point, you got the baby weights of Cage Thunder all sitting at Apex. You got 25, 35, 45, all Cage Thunder belts all in our gym. Yeah. It's going to be a good day. While we're on Apex, I asked Branson about the old Apex location when he joined me two weeks ago. Were you a part of Apex back then? No, sir. I never got to experience the old gym. I seen a lot of pitchers, a lot of old guys. Uh, rest in peace of soul. Corey Breckner used to go up there. Another rest in peace. Isaiah used to go up there. A lot of flyweights that I knew of at the, ta- at the time. But no, I never got to experience the old gym. Just a new gym. I've only been up there for a couple months now. I can tell this, you have this confidence about you heading into this upcoming fight. I'm not sure if you're one for like actual fight predictions though, but if you, how do you foresee your fight at Cage Thunder 22 going down? I'm looking for the TKO or the KO. I've never had a TKO or a KO. It's all been submissions. I've lost by submissions. I've been knocked out once, been choked out once. It's my turn. I, 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 it's coming. The KO, the TKO, I was just telling myself in the car, it's coming. I can feel it. It's coming. So I want the KO. I want I want to walk off and him be on the canvas, but you can't look for that. You got to get in there. Like I said, handle what you got to handle, and that stuff will come. If you're if you're putting it on him, that, that'll come. Something's going to come. One way or another, I'm going to get you. What round do you think it'll be in? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. I got nine minutes to whoop this dude's ass, and <laughs> that's exactly what I'm planning on doing. And then the plan afterwards, 100% turning pro after this fight. Yeah, I'm not fighting amateur anymore. I'm going to win this fight, and I'm going to turn pro. You think you could compete pro at Cage Thunder? I know they have a pro-am card coming up in September, maybe too soon of a turnaround for you, but then even a, a card soon. in December, too. I got, I'm focused on August 12th. I'm not even worrying about the, mm. the day after. That's how I've been living my life, too. I don't worry about tomorrow. I used to. I used to be the guy worrying about my next training session, worrying about getting in the gym. That all just creates anxiety, dude. You're just stressing yourself out. Uh, you, I hate to say it. I've been hitting the cliche sayings all day, but Paul Walker. I believe, right, from Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. you got to live, live your, your life 60 seconds at a time, quarter mile at a time. You can't be worried about next week, tomorrow. you got to live in the moment, and that's what I've really been focused on. I've read a few Eckhart Tolle books. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Stillness Speaks, a couple different books that just helps you focus on living in the moment. Uh, again, I just love your perspective when it comes to mixed martial arts and the way you approach this brutal sport for some, but in a way you kind of make it sound not so brutal it's, and kind of like an art, like it really truly it, is in its, its essence. It's exactly what you just said. It is a very brutal sport. It's not a sport. It's an art. It's more than a sport. If you're doing this, it's just a sport. It's a lifestyle. That's what they used to always say about wrestling. Wrestling's not a sport. It's a lifestyle. Same thing with MMA. you got to live this as a lifestyle or you're just wasting your time. So... Yes, I agree with you completely. Last one for you. I like to ask all first-time guests on Forge in Ohio what their goals are in the sport. Right now, you're a very experienced amateur fighter. I know you like to live in the moment, but you're still young, and I'm sure you have some goals set for yourself in mixed martial arts. 
I used to want to go all the way. I used to want to say UFC, UFC, UFC. Put the stress on. Put the pressure on. You got to win these fights. You got to turn pro. You got to you got to do this. You got one day at a time. Win this fight. Win the next fight. Where you're supposed to end up, it's God's plan. So I'm going to take it one fight at a time, and wherever it gets me, it's going to get me. But uh, I can't foresee the future. Obviously, I would love to turn pro and keep climbing, get to a big promotion, but I'm not going to stress on that. So I'm just going to take it one fight at a time, one day at a time, and where I end up, I end up. Do you even allow yourself to dream big like that I anymore? Is that kind of just in the way of what I you're I used to now? always, yeah. but this comes as a fallback where I used to think I needed that life. I needed that lifestyle. I needed that money to have a good life. I don't. I've created a perfectly fine life without the sport, and that's what I've learned. I think that's what God was trying to show me in these past two years. You can live such a great life, such a blessed, full life. My life is so full. My heart is so full. You can live that without the sport, but like I was telling you, I'm missing something without this sport. It's my passion. So when you're missing your passion, you're not going to feel right at the end of the day. So yes, but no. Obviously, I would love to end up there, but... I'm just not going to put the pressure on there anymore. Sure. I'm not going to need it. I'm not going to, you can't, you just got to let it come. You got to, yeah. at the right time, I'm so, it's, it's my time. You know what I'm saying? Life is all about divine timing. And when that we cross that bridge, we will cross that bridge. But right now, we got to worry about winning this fight and then worrying about winning the next fight. That's all it is. Win fights and take chances or take your opportunities, risk, reward. That's all it is. Again, and I'll say it over and over again, it's just that perspective that you have. And the reason I bring it up is just because it's so different than most fighters that I've had on. I ask them what their dreams are, and the first thing they say is UFC champion. Or, you know, some of the guys will say, you know, building their own gym one day and being a coach or just being sustainable. But most times it is becoming a UFC champion. It's kind of a breath of fresh air in a way saying, hey, just focused on this next one, and then the one after that, and the one after that. When you say those things, it sounds good, and you're trying to tell yourself that, but like I said, it kind of creates too much pressure on me. So I'm not going to try to put that pressure on me. I get pressure creates diamonds, all this and that, but why add extra stress that doesn't need to be added? That's kind of how I look at that now. So hopefully one day, but if not, I'm, I used to look at it like, oh, I'm going to fall short. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to reach my goals. Like, just have fun, man. It's, it's going to happen. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out, whether it be social media handles, sponsors, things going on at the gym, the floor is yours, man. No, not really. I just want to thank like all the people that helped me achieve my 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 dream. My wife, soon to be my fiance, I should say. She makes my days a lot easier. My coaches, everyone. I used to be a real hothead. I used to burn bridges and this and that. But a lot of people take a lot of time out of their day. And I used to kind of go unnoticed to me because I used to kind of expect it. But now I just appreciate it so much more. So, no, I'm just saying thank you to everyone who's helping me out. And uh, I can't wait for this fight coming up. Yeah, there you have it. Thanks again, Luke, for joining me on the show. I've talked to three of the four fighters competing in the main and co-main events of Cage Thunder 22, and I couldn't be more excited for the card. Before I let you go, there's a certain way I like to end these chats on Forge in Ohio. It's a little cliche, but it's by asking my guests to help me out with the OHIO chant. So, I love it. OHIO. Thanks, Luke. It was great to have you on the show and learn about your story. I wish you the best on August 12th, and hopefully we can reconnect on here again soon down the line. Yes, sir. The pleasure's been mine. That was Luke K9 Chokin, the 7-5 amateur mixed martial artist who could very well become the Cage Thunder flyweight champion with a win over Nick Lute on August 12th at Cage Thunder 22. Having talked to Luke both in person at Apex Fight Systems and now on the show in studio, I can tell you that 
he's a great guy and he's definitely a fighter to watch out for moving forward i hope you all enjoyed the cage thunder content lately here on forge in ohio it's been a lot of fun to highlight some fighters and preview what is expected to be a great event on august 12th i should be at the fights on saturday so if you're there feel free to come up and say hi also if you have any predictions for the card or want to hear from certain fighters on the show then reach out to me on social media at forge in ohio on both instagram and facebook and don't forget to download episodes on your favorite podcast platform as well to help me out until next week's episode i've been your host jake Marin, and this was forged in ohio